You're listening to the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast with Chicago attorney Dave Scriven Young. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 225 of the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast for June 11th, 2020. My name is Dave Scriven Young, an attorney from Chicago, Illinois, and I'll be your host. This podcast takes you on a daily journey to discover key principles in the areas of marketing, sales, and leadership for attorneys. Uh, what follows is audio from uh, the June 10th edition of the Lawyers Emotional Intelligence Book Club. Uh, we discuss as a group Chapter 7 of The Stress Solution by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee entitled Eat Yourself Happy, which talks about how uh, the foods that you eat can actually just de-stress you and can help your emotional and mental well-being. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Lawyers. Emotional Intelligence Book. My name is Dave Scrimmon Young, a lawyer focusing on litigation, environmental law, and construction law from Chicago, Illinois. We're helping to create the next generation of lawyers with high emotional intelligence through a weekly book club and daily practical posts at facebook.com slash lawyers EQ. During our book club discussions, we'll do a deep dive into books that will help us develop emotional intelligence skills and specifically think about how we can begin to use these skills in our law practices. I'll be live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central for this discussion, and it is discussion. Uh, please liberally use the box below to make and use comments. Um, I don't sit here as an expert. Um, on the contrary, um, I'm certainly interested in, in uh, listening to what you have to say, and, um, uh, and I can only do that if you comment, if uh, you follow along, and would love to hear uh, what you have to say. I look forward to learning. Um, from all of you. So uh, let me just give you sort of the, the background into what we're going to be doing for today. So in case you've uh, never seen the show before, uh, some information about me. I graduated in 2003 from DePaul University College of Law in Chicago. Um, I'm senior counsel at Picard and Abramson PC. I'm also uh, a civil litigator, um, also uh, do some construction law as well as environmental law and operate in from an office in Chicago, although obviously uh, nowadays I'm at my home um, in Naperville, Illinois. So uh, that's a little bit about me. And then, of course, my mission is to identify and share historically correct knowledge and resources and hopefully an inspiring and entertaining format in order to help others meet and exceed goals and standard in every areas um, of their lives. And I Hopefully uh, do that through this video broadcast as well as uh, through my Lawyer Lifestyle podcast, which I, um, I I look at, I do a deep dive into topics including marketing, sales, and uh, leadership for attorneys. So uh, let me, we actually have a, um, a guest uh, today, um, as I think we've uh, we've talked about many times. I'm always interested in uh, bringing in uh, new voices, um, bringing in so, so I can spend more time uh, with my friends online. And um, no better friend than my wife Kathy. So I'm going to bring her on. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if this works. This is the first time that uh, we're doing this, having a, a guest on. So let me bring her on. And I don't know. She went away. Oh, that that's that doesn't bode well for uh, for what we're trying to do here. So, Kathy, if you can uh, if you can hear me, 
go back into the link and uh, try to get in again when I try to bring you up uh, for some reason. Um, some, for some reason, it went out. So come on in uh, when you get a chance. All right, so we'll we'll just keep moving, keep moving on here. Okay, so what what have we talked about uh, through this? Um, we've done some uh, well, we've talked primarily about self management, which is the emotional intelligence skill uh, that we've been we've been dealing with. And oh, I I think she could be back on, so let me try to bring her back on. Kathy, are you there? I am. Sorry, the internet uh, dropped out. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to happen um, every now and then. And I, you're, you, I can see you're frozen, too. So it may be uh, you may need to go into a different part of the house just to, uh, to make sure that you're not going to uh, drop out. Um, yeah, I think it's just uh, I think it's an internet issue that you're having. So anyway, uh, let's go back to you know, what we talked about last time. Um, which is uh, self-management. So this is the part where we're uh, dealing with, uh, where we are sort of recognizing what's going on with ourselves and managing our own emotions. Um, and so we know when we walk into a situation, what um, what what hits our buttons and and how we react to things, right? And so uh, the book that we are dealing with um, to help us with self-management is The Stress Solution by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. And so far, we've talked about a few different things. We've talked about um, purpose, uh, how to align our purpose with our actions and our actions with our purpose. And we do those things. Uh, some of the things that Dr. Chatterjee prescribes are uh, things like affirmations, uh, reframing, so taking what maybe looks like a bad situation and make it into a good situation or thinking about it in a good situation. I'm having an evening uh, gratitude uh, session. So thinking about you know what's good in your life every night, that helps you to reduce stress. Scheduling your time and having a morning routine to allow you to uh, get what you need to get done, uh, done but also uh, to allow you to do what you wanna do uh, more often. And then finally, how to live more. So uh, how to uh, do the things you love, how to do things uh, with intention, how to do things with a vision, and then uh, the E is engaging with others. And then we've also talked about uh, relationships. So that would be things like, uh, you know, how a sense of the sense of touch allows us to to uh, de-stress. So if you think about, you know, going for a massage, why does that de-stress you? Yes, it's someone working on your muscles, but it's also uh, the sense of touch. So. Hugging, petting your dog, all of those things um, helps with the, uh, the sense of touch. And then uh, nurturing relationships. So ha making sure that you um, continue on with uh, good friendships um, and you nurture those relationships by you know, making sure that you spend time uh, with others, which I'm trying to do, trying to get my wife on here. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen because uh, the internet has been wonky. I don't know if anyone else has had um, some wonky internet, um, but we certainly have, and um, um, you know it happens. This is a live show, so anything can happen. We follow um, a show called WDWNT. It's a, a like a comedy show focused on Disney, 
and uh, they have they have some wacky things that go on um, on that show because it's live. It's not a professional get up at all, um, and so it's a uh, it's a fun time. So let's let's dive into uh, uh, the next uh, the next topic. So uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to talk a little bit about recent news. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, last week's discussion item, discussion item, and action item, which talked about uh, you know nurturing relationships. We're going to continue on with the stress solution. Um, specifically, uh, we're going to talk about body, which is kind of the third component. Uh, the first was purpose, second is relationships, and third is body. And we're going to eat ourselves happy, um, which is going to be sort of a fascinating uh, topic um, on how to eat better and how that would actually de-stress you. Uh, and again, you know, typical disclaimer, uh, this is not a replacement for uh, any necessary psychological or medical treatment. Uh, certainly consult a doctor or other medical, medical professional um, if, you, uh, if you need it, if you're suicidal or if you um, are feeling deeply depressed, uh, follow a doctor's instructions, uh, call 911, uh, don't rely on this uh, for uh, for that. So I heard a beep. I think we're going to try to get my wife on one more time. Let's see if we can do that. There you are. I contacted IT. They came over and they hooked me up. So oh, thanks to was, IT. Was that our son? Um, his name was Henry. Yeah, he's a okay. nice IT man. <laughs> okay, so it was Henry. Very good. All right. So basically, we just did we did the introduction overview from last time. You've been watching the show, so you know what's up, right? Okay. So uh, hopefully, you can you're going to be able to see the screen uh, when I share it. I have them. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. Okay. There so is. this is the recent news. So obviously, people have been um, you know sheltering in place, working from home. And this article was interesting to me because as a litigator, and by the way, I, maybe, maybe, let's, maybe let's back up um, and we'll give you sort of the full introductory treatment. Um, so my wife, Kathy, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I know all about you, but the people watching do not. So maybe give us, you know, tell us, you know, what you do, what you're up to. So um, like everybody else, of course, with the shelter in place, but I am not a lawyer, not a litigator, but I feel like, you know, being married to a lawyer, you're still involved in that world of law, right? And you still understand things like stress because you see how your significant other or your spouse has to deal with it. And you yourself too want to find ways that like, you know, make it so that you can help your spouse at home and in the non-work environment with their stress. I'm a teacher, I'm an educator, so that's a stressful um, job as well in a different way. And kind of one of the reasons I wanted to come on is because um, obviously you're specifically looking at lawyers, but except for when you get very specific and you talk about how can we do this in our practice, a lot of what you talk about, I think it applies to almost any professional. It applies to adults in general. Life gets stressful. Um, and yeah, so that's me. Teacher, mom in the summer. Obviously, I'm mostly just a mom because there's no school. That's me. Excellent. And wife of a lawyer. Yes, wife of a lawyer, most yeah. importantly. And uh, yeah, I wanted to bring bring you on to, to give a, um, 
diverse perspective um, on things, uh, a non-lawyer perspective. I've been talking a lot on my podcast right. about having a diverse team and you know how uh, um, other voices are important. Obviously, not just wants to talk, hear me talk. Thanks for coming on. Okay. All right. Now I think we can. Now I think we can move on and feel free to jump in at any time. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is okay. the this is the um, this is the re the news item for for this week. And with everybody working from home, uh, the question I think everyone kind of felt like is would things change in the practice? Because one of the big uh, stressors in a litigator's life is dealing with opposing counsel, dealing with uh, judges who you know hold us uh, to very you know tight restrictions. And the question is, mm -hmm. and, and civility is a huge topic within uh, the legal profession as well. So the question is um, whether civility would uh, increase or decrease during the pandemic and people working from home, because I think people really had, uh, people really have a, uh, the possibility of uh, either being, um, you know, really uh, continue to be jerks or even, you know, put, put, push the screws a little even tighter um, on the on your adversary, and I don't know. Didn't I don't think people really knew what was going to happen. Um, but according to this article, at least, um, we uh, during the during the crisis, uh, the all aspects of practicing law seem to have become more pleasant. Um, and part of the reason for this new civility is that uh, during shelter-in-place orders, some of the normal pressures of litigation have, e have eased. Uh, litigators um, hide or repress our true reactions, but the deadlines imposed by judges uh, can um, impose stress on us, and that will impact our dealings with opposing counsel. But according to this article, at least, uh, during the shutdown, uh, many of us have been relieved of these quarter arbor demands and because things have been, you know, you don't have a commute, you have a more flexible schedule, uh, we now have more time to communicate. So for lawyers, uh, we have more time. We have more time to listen. We have more time to talk to our adversaries. Uh, we're, we're able to have, you know, more small talk conversations as to how they're doing and to treat them as colleagues. So the question I have for, you know, people watching, in, in your practice, um, because um, you know this this person, Mr. Uh, 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 Vefitis, Matthew Vefitis, from this is a Law 360 article, by the way. Um, he seems to see um, more civility. I wonder, you know, for those watching, if if you've seen it. Let's bring in the the non-lawyer. Uh, have you seen uh, people? Out and about, have you seen civil to each other or less, or about the same? Civil. I think patience. I think something like this either reminds us or teaches us about patience whenever we're in these kind of situations. I mean, we just dealt with it now, right? This technology is great when it works, and when it doesn't, it's a very frustrating thing. So you have to be patient with it. Um, Pretty much everybody became um, a parent that was doing e-learning or remote learning with their kids, and there's a lot of patience with that. Um, but I also think whenever we have these sort of large uh, 
changes in what's going on. It could be something like a natural disaster, a hurricane, tornado. Uh, it could be something like a terrorist attack, think something like 9-11 or something like this pandemic. I think whenever we have something on this scale, I think it causes people to kind of take a pause and think about what really matters. And yes, our jobs and our careers are very important, but in like the big scope of things, sometimes we realize that maybe they're not quite as important or as things about them aren't quite necessary as they um, as they have been in the past, right? So I think that's what a lot of it comes down to is people just kind of take a look around them and see like what's really important, what's really substantial. And like, is it really worth getting upset about the things that we would have gotten upset about before? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that makes sense. And even in, even sort of my practice, I've seen, you know, people generally being, being more, more civil, more understanding. I mean, of course, you know, there's a few cases here and there where people are, they'll continue to be uh, uh, not very civil. uh, And part of that is, you know, client driven as well. They want to, um, you know, act, sure. act tough in front of their clients. And, you know, I get that. Um, but it, it often leads to, to people being um, uncivil, discivil, whatever the word is, uh, between each other. Um, so definitely seeing that. Right. Um, and hopefully it'll continue. Hopefully it'll continue on. So yeah, I hope so. All right. So let's move on to sort of the next category, which is uh, last week's action item, which uh, was, you know, in general to, you know, try to become closer with uh, with friends, try to include some uh, diverse voices um, and think about where you can become, you know, a regular in this quarantine environment and make plans for when everything uh, reopens. And so, you know, for me, um, I think that, um, you know, I think I've, I've tried some more volunteering options, getting ready, you know, as, as you know, you know, our church is beginning to open. And so uh, just to, right. to come in and, and be greeters and that sort of thing. And so I volunteered mm-hmm. for that and, you know, always looking right. to expand uh, my volunteering uh, opportunities, get closer, uh, closer with friends and that sort of thing. And I, and I wonder for you, um, what has, how has it been? Because I, I know you typically do, uh, you know, you do a show over the summer um, and that's where you see a lot of your friends. Um, and I wonder, you know, how, how, how have you seen sort of, you know, friendships develop in this new environment? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm not getting out much. Uh, the only people I'm for the most part seeing is you guys, you know, you and our children. Um, I don't know that I'm saying friendships are suffering. And I feel like when things get back to a little bit more normal, I do think that a lot of the friendships will pick up right where they left off. But as far as developing new ones, it's really difficult. And as far as the people that I, unless I have a way to reach out on something like Facebook or social media or text messaging, yeah, there's a lot of people I just don't get to talk to. So for me, I think it's it's suffering a bit. Um, I don't know if I'll let it go this way the whole summer. I might you know, maybe look into volunteering for something or look into uh, joining, even if it's an online community of some sort, uh, doing something because it is feeling a little, little isolating and, you know, you just, you just need your social outlet. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. We, we had talked about uh, sort of in, in previous, about how, you know, previous uh, shows, how, 
it, this has been very tough to, you know, keep up with people. I mean, we, you know, it, it, you, yeah. you see people, you know, you have these, you know, birthday parties that are, you know, virtual or you're having these parades and you're, you know, a lot of these graduation ceremonies mm -hmm. went to, you know, virtual, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been very tough for folks and um, because, you know, nurturing yeah. those relationships is so important um, to our, to mm -hmm. our stress and to our well-being, um, I think, it, you know, it's important to, to find ways to, to just make sure that those relationships, you know, keep up, so. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to one of our neighbors because she's already posted her second thing on Facebook about this. She's already uh, one for June and one now for July. She's been contacting food trucks and they're going to come to uh, the middle school outside of her in her in her subdivision. And then people can just go up to the food trucks. And she just sent a message to me and the other members of the Theater Parents Association through NEQA and said, let's all meet up this day. Let's get our stuff at the food truck and let's sit in the parking lot with our folding chairs and just socially distance. And because we haven't seen each other physically since February, we met every month. Yes. To talk about theater, but also just we're a good group. We like hanging out together. So I just texted her back right away and was like, I'm a hundred percent there for that. Like, and it's going to be pierogies. So I'm 110% there for that. But I was Pierogies are good for sure. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I will meet you outside of your, you know, in your neighborhood for pierogies and to sit outside and talk. So I think you're, I think we have to get creative is what it's coming down to. Yeah. Um, and that was creative. She's called food trucks and I thought that's a cool idea. So yeah, no, that's start doing stuff like that. Th that's an amazing, uh, amazing effort on her part. All right. So uh, let's close out that. And now we're going to go into sort of the body uh, conversation. Um, okay. And I think that, you know, we, most people uh, that I've talked to, at least, or, you know, seen online, um, is that, you know, people have gained their, you know, their COVID-19, you know, some additional body weight while, um, you know, we've all been indoors. And that's true for a number of reasons. You know, as you said, Kathy, you know, we're just not getting out. Um, as much as we used to, we're not, you know, our, our activity level has uh, dramatically changed. Um, and so what Dr. Chatterjee talks about in the stress solution is that uh, the body, uh, just as, you know, your purpose and just as um, your relationships can, can either be good or bad um, for your stress. Um, if uh, you have great relationships, uh, it's gonna, your relationship is going to uh, help de-stress you. If you have a, a poor relationship or you feel like um, it's not going as well as it should, then that is going to be a stressor in life. Same thing with the body. And mm -hmm. Dr. Chatterjee says uh, is that we feel stress in the body and experience stress as physical sensations. And so there are some immediate bodily, bodily reactions to stress. Um, you know, things like, you know, body aches, uh, tension, um, butterflies in the stomach, all of those things occur, um, you know, when we feel stress. Um, and he also says that body, our bodies can be the cause of stress. And that's because of, you know, what we've talked about in the past is that, um, you know, our, our, everything is a signal, becomes a signal to our brain. And if our brain feels like it's being threatened, then we're going to have stress. 
Um, if our body, if, if the brain uh, is getting information that everything is okay, um, then we're going to be more in the thrive scenario and we're going to be feel less stressed. And so what our, our, our brains actually, our brain monitors the body uh, to assess whether or not it's being threatened. And if the signals that it's getting from the body are bad, then we become stressed. But the good news, of course, is that we can change the information that our body is emitting to live more of our lives in the thrive state as opposed to the stress state. Um, so we're going to talk about two things in particular. You know, this is not rocket science, but I think it's something that we all need right. to uh, get in terms whether you're a lawyer or not, and that is uh, eating and exercise. Um, there are right. a few other things that we're going to talk about in terms of sleep and uh, getting your body in, in a rhythm, but really these two things are, um, I think, uh, the most important. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and you and I, um, you and I have, have gone through, I think, this journey. Um, <laughs> you know, we've... Yeah, no, and it's and again, I think this the, this is a great time to talk about it because of you know of, because of COVID nineteen because of everything that's been going on. You know, we've done we've we've done Weight Watchers for a while, and we were um, right. I think very successful. And I I was down yeah. in terms of body weight the most that I've ever been. Uh, but just because of this whole Corona thing, it's been you know kind of out of whack. It's been hard. It's been very hard to keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what I thought we would talk about today is kind of, um, uh, yeah, um, what I thought we would talk about today is, um, you know, essentially going through, you know, how to eat better or how to mm -hmm. eat in order to uh, keep us, um, keep us less stressed, in other words. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, we talk about stress eating a lot, right? And when I, I've done Weight Watchers before, and so you go to the meetings and people talk about stuff, and obviously stress eating is a pretty popular topic to discuss. There, there are a lot of people, and it, all different lifestyles, all different um, body weight shapes, all different parts of their own lives that will tell you when they get stressed, they eat. Very few people will tell you, I get stressed and I eat a carrot. Most people will get stressed and they will tell you, I ate a half a bag of chips or a whole bag of chips or a candy bar or, you know, something like that. And so I think we think about stress and eating. We automatically think we're talking about stress eating. But what this was talking about um, was less about that and more about the choices of food we make and how what we eat can actually make us stressed. That was the only thing to me in the whole chapter that was like, whoa, mind blowing, even though it is a lot of it is very much common sense and things we've heard before. I don't, like we've heard what's good for us and what's bad for us, but I don't know that that I'd heard, this is another reason these foods are bad for you because not only do they make you overweight and do not only do they make it difficult for you to sleep normal um, and, and slow down your metabolism, they actually physically stress you out. They cause some of the physical symptoms of stress. I don't know that people really think of it that way. So um, I found that really, really interesting when, when he talked about that. That, you know, if you reach for something that's not necessarily good for you, um, it, it could cause more stress or it could cause stress at all. People who, you know, weren't stressed, but they just don't eat well. And then he changed just their diets and that helped eliminate some of the stress. Right. Amazing. All right. Well, why don't we uh, get into some of that um, 
And uh, I guess uh, the best way to start is at the beginning. So um, in 2015, uh, Dr. Chatterjee uh, talks about this uh, study or this uh, quote that came out that says, uh, nutrition may be as important to mental health as it is to cardiology, endocrinology, and gastroenterology. And basically what that means is, is that our food choices affect the functioning of our minds to the same extent that they may affect the, the health of our hearts and stomachs, which is, you know, which was, you know, very eye-opening to me because I never really thought about, um, you know, how, how eating can affect uh, your mental well-being. I mean, we, we talk a lot about, about how, you know, if you don't eat, if you don't eat well, you're going to have, you know, physical um, pains. Um, you might have a heart attack. You might have stomach problems. But we never really talk about how uh, that goes into the mental health uh, uh, situation. So that's what we're going to uh, talk about today. And so, you know, this is what uh, you were talking about uh, before, Kath, was um, eating uh, yourself happy because of this uh, stress cycle. Um, and that means, you know, it, uh, that there's a, a feed forward cycle. So in other words, a lot of things uh, contribute uh, and cycle upon themselves. So that means, you know, number one, you have a, you might have a traumatic event that occurs, um, whether that's, you know, you get yelled at at work or, um, you know, something happens that uh, causes a change in the body that causes cravings for highly processed food. So what I would, believe that. Yeah. So what would some of the things be, um, you know, that we that we deal with in terms of, you know, highly processed foods? So what is that? That's like um, fast food, fast food, uh, potato chips. Right. Candy bars. Candy bars. Right. Um, uh I mean, mostly anything packaged, right? If it's not something that you're grabbing from produce or something that you're grabbing from a meat or deli department, it's usually processed. Anything prepackaged is usually processed. And I think you're right. The higher processed, the more likely when we are super stressed, we reach for it. That's why people have a bad day. They're driving home from work and there's McDonald's on the left and Wendy's on the right and Taco Bell. And three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, people are stopping because they're stressed and they're you know, that they're craving that abundance of processed, salty or sweet foods. Yeah, right. I totally see that. And that could be for a number of reasons. That could just be, you know, I've had a hard day at work or, you know, maybe mm -hmm. something traumatic happened um, right. know, at work or at school or something. And so you're looking right. for something for that that actually will cause cravings. And then you're looking for that other thing. And then I think most of us feel like, well, this is going to be a treat for me, or this is going to be, you know, I deserve to go through the drive through or I deserve right. to, you know, mm -hmm. stop and get whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but that actually, you know, what Dr. Chatterjee is saying is that um, that actually does not, uh, it doesn't help at all. I mean, it, it, it right. may in our minds, in our mind's eye for the second or for, you know, while we're eating it, maybe that, I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what the science is behind that moment, but then, what actually happens, according to Dr. Chatterjee, is that food throws the body into a further stress state. Right. 
I think also too, if you think about it and you're stressed and you usually when you're stressed, like I said, you stress eat, you put a lot in and you eat something that you know is not healthy for you. Like maybe you get a Big Mac and fries and a large, you know, Coke or something and you eat it in the moment. You might be like, oh, this is like you said, I deserve this and I feel so good eating this. A lot. If you really think about it, though, a lot of times you will feel later not so good. You'll feel full, lethargic, a, a word you hear a lot, lethargic, like you can't move. Um, if you eat something fresh and you think about it, you often feel very different after eating it. You know, and it's, it's not an instant. It's not like you eat and it's as soon as you swallow. It takes a, a while for your body to start to metabolize it. But if you really think about how your body feels after you eat stuff that's processed versus how you eat stuff that's healthy and natural, it is a difference. And I never thought of that before this chapter about not only is it physically changing, like you said, your stomach, maybe your heart, you know, your um, even something like your vascular, like the um, oxygenation in your blood, like that makes you feel a lot more awake. Things like that, it's also affecting your mind, your mental state. I don't think um, we're as conscious of that. And I, I, I think it's true. And I think that I love that you said, oh, I deserve that. Because we, we look at bad food as like, I deserve to cheat or I deserve to eat bad food or I deserve. Why would you deserve to punish yourself? Because if you think about it, that processed food, there's nothing of value in it. So why do you deserve to do something bad to yourself? If you've been stressed out and you've had a tough day, don't you deserve to do something good to yourself? Like, like eat a nice salad or go home and have a, you know, a, a lean piece of um, chicken or make yourself some fresh salmon or something like that's what you should be saying. I deserve to eat well and treat my body well. Well, I agree with you. Um, the problem I think is that most, most people, you know, don't have, don't have that mindset because we've never really been taught that, um, that we've taught that, you know, if you eat good, if you eat bad food, that can hurt. That can harm sort of your your health, and maybe people don't necessarily care about that. But it actually, um, according to what Dr. Chatterjee is saying, is that it, it it causes you to go into a further stress state, and then it amplifies whatever mental health problems that you have. Right. So if you are if you're feeling depressed um, because of you know something happened at work or what what happened whatever happened you had a you know fight with your spouse fight with your kids um, right. and you feel you're feeling depressed well if you go and you eat something bad that's just going to throw your body into further stress that's going to amplify right. mental health problems um, and then that that amplification of your mental health problems causes more change in your body and then that spiral actually continues right yeah. So what, what we're going to go through now is a little bit of a, a science lesson, which, again, I am not qualified to be teaching science. I was a political science and history major. Uh, but this comes right from uh, Dr. Chatterjee's book. Um, and so this is going to further this is going to further tell us why it's you know extremely important um, mm -hmm. that we eat well, because. Um, our body is our our body is constantly looking at what we're eating and then transferring information to the brain, which then tells the brain whether or not, hey, are you under attack or are you are you okay? And then that you know either in the stress or the strive state, uh, depending on that. Um, so um, let's 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 journey into a little bit of a of a science uh, lesson, um, if you will. So. You know, one thing that uh, we've been constantly uh, that that I think we've all heard is that food is fuel. 
And I think that's what most people think about it. And that's where a lot of the, you know, sort of calorie counting things come from. If you think about, you know, Weight Watchers, let me just, let me bring it back for a second. Um, uh, if you think about Weight Watchers, that is sort of the, the, the crowning principle is, you know, food is fuel. And if you, you know, deplete your tank, if you will, by eating, you know, a certain number of calories, um, then you're gonna lose weight because you're sort of under that uh, threshold, if you will. Right. And so that's that's sort of where the um, the food as fuel things come from. But um, right. what, what we're what we're learning is that it's also uh, information. So it's information from our body uh, to our brain. And so the body uh, reads the information from the food that we eat and sends it to the brain. And the nature of that information is actually the result of the three-way interaction between uh, the food, what Dr. Chaudhary calls the bugs in your gut, so things like bacteria and the like in your stomach, and the immune system. Some of that information flows from the gut to the brain through the lymphatic system. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm just I'm just a messenger here. Um, but then some of that information also travels via these messenger cells uh, that are made in the gut and then travel to the brain through the blood. So you have all of these systems. Um, and then actually some of the information is then uh, direct goes directly to the brain via um, this uh, vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body. And so um, the, 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 the key part of this information stream is your uh, stomach or gut biome. So we have these uh, populations of different, what he calls bugs. So bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites, and their respective genetic material that in total weigh about as much as the human brain. And so these bugs interact with the body, with the food that we eat and with each other. And those interactions determine many aspects of our health and, me and mental health, our physical health and mental health. So again, if uh, the body is getting information that, oh, something good is happening or we're doing okay, then uh, we're going to, our mental health is going to be better because we're not going to be stressed out. On the other hand, if our body is getting um, evidence to the contrary, then we're going to, we're going to become uh, stressed out. So if the, if we treat these microscopic uh, organisms poorly, they can make us feel anxious and depressed. If we treat them well, they can actually lighten our mood, which to me was a real eye opener that um, that we can literally eat ourselves happy by uh, having our or our stomach organisms make us happy, which is fascinating. So, how do we uh, keep ourselves our, our gut bugs happy? So, there are lots of things that we can do. Uh, we can cut out a, a lot of things. So. Um, he talks about cutting out highly processed and refined foods, uh, drinking too much alcohol, smoking, drinking sugary soft drinks, um, having a lack of diversity in our diets, stress, lack of sleep, over-exercising, although, you know, for me, that's not a problem, um, 
uh, eating foods containing emulsifiers and using artificial sweeteners, all of these things could be harmful. And if we cut them out, uh, then we can uh, keep our, gu our gut bugs happy. Um, and we can also keep them, ha we can ha keep them happy by feeding them food that nourishes them. And that includes, you know, things like colorful plant-derived whole foods, rich in fiber, such as vegetables, fruits, legumes, and beans. And of course, um, highly valuable compounds such as uh, short-chain fatty acids uh, communicate to the brain that everything is okay. So um, things like uh, fish, for example, I think are things that um, would be things that uh, that could harm or that could help us because of these right. omega-3 fa fatty acids. And so tell me, uh, uh, I know you're not a fish fan, so tell me about that. But before I tell you about fish, can, there's a couple things I wanted to mention. So yeah. I think when people see the word bugs and bug guts and bacteria, things like that, they kind of freak out a little bit. And unless you've just sat through freshman biology recently, um, I think a lot of us forget about these kind of things. So there's good bacteria in our body, right? I think most people know this at this stage, but I do come across people sometimes that have no clue. Um, there are, obviously your stomach is alive, right? It has to be in order to break down the food that you eat. And you want bacteria in your stomach. You want the good bacteria and you need a balance of that. And so when he's talking about these things in your stomach, such as these uh, at bugs, as he's calling them, he's talking about the things you need inside of your body in order for your body to, to um, process foods in a healthy way. So that's a good thing. Um, the other thing is um, he talks about this idea of refined, I wrote down, refined foods and highly processed foods, right? We've, heard, we've been hearing this for a really long time, that this is something that was added to the American diet probably in the 1950s or so, and this is one of the leading causes of why we see so much uh, obesity, because we have these things and that it's not natural, it's not the way food was intended to be, to be eaten, and our bodies are still like, what is this stuff, how do I deal with it? Something I've, I've heard a long, long time ago as I've myself journeyed on how to balance healthy eating, People always say, well, what does it mean to be health, healthy? Uh, what does it mean to be highly processed? Or what does it mean for food to be like refined foods? Um, so refined is basically sugar and also flour. We, in the American diet, we consume a lot of sugar uh, and we consume a lot of flour. And the flour that we consume in bread, in tortillas, in cereal, whatever, it has been refined. It means it's been bleached, okay? you It's really hard in the American diet to not find that, and it's hard to go the other direction. But what we're supposed to be eating as humans is whole foods. It's supposed to be whole grains, whole wheat, actual stuff that has not been refined. Because when you do that, you take all the health out of it. You take a lot of the um, nutritional value out of it. So, And what you're left with is the stuff that your body cannot, the carbs that your body cannot take care of and then just store themselves in your body as fat. So that's a bad thing. And then the other thing, of course, is the highly processed food. Like I said, think of usually things that are packaged, are processed. But one time I heard a long time ago, well, how do I avoid these things? And I love this expression. It's called shop the outside. And what that means is at most grocery stores, the aisles contain your processed and your refined foods. But the outside where you find your produce and your deli and your dairy and your... Um, 
butcher area, those are usually the foods that are whole, they're unprocessed. And so when you're trying to work on eating better and eliminating high processed foods and refined foods, you should be shopping more of the outside of the grocery store. And I know people have done, done challenges where they haven't gone in an aisle at all and they've been able to do all their shopping from uh, shopping only outside stuff. It's hard. I mean, you know, like spices. You think well, spice, there's something wrong with spices, but those are usually in the aisle unless you're going to grow a, an herb garden at home. But so I just wanted to clarify what the difference between like highly processed and refined foods are and like how do you avoid those? No, I think that's helpful. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, questions I think in people's minds as to, you know, what they should be eating and, you know, when they see on a package, you know, 100% whole grain or whole wheat does it actually right. count as as is that mm -hmm. still highly processed or is that count like we see that in breads and things of that nature right right um and then we start talking about the fatty acids again we are programmed in this world to hear the word fat and be like oh i need low fat fat is bad fat is good for you there is good fat and even when you do something like weight watchers they tell you don't eliminate good fat. Like we, there's a difference between fat and being obese. We don't want to be obese as humans. We don't want to be fat either. But when in the medical world, they talk about fat, they're not talking about you as a person. They would never say you're a fat person. A doctor wouldn't say that. A doctor would say you're, you know, um, obese or pre-obese or Overweight, something. That yeah. kind of, right. They don't say fat because we don't, we need to stop looking at fat as a bad thing we need fats in our diet and the fats come that are good for you are things like sunflower oil and olive oil and there are ways to get those into your diet very easily um the first time i did weight watchers well, after i had my second son we um they had you actually uh allow for i think it was a tablespoon of fat of good fat a day so you had to put in like okay consumed a tablespoon of olive oil. You didn't just drink olive oil, but you put it in a salad dressing maybe, or you cooked your chicken in it or something. So you were getting that good fat into you. You brought up fish, right? Omega-3 fatty acid is one of the best things that's good for your brain, your 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 body in general. He mentions it in the book and, and those fatty chains that you need in your brain. Anybody who, um, I'm sure there are people that can remember freshman year of biology, or anybody who has kids that are around that age, most likely watch the movie Lorenzo's Oil. I watched it last year with students. And in that movie, um, this child has a disease because his body cannot make the right fatty acids in his brain. It's nothing, nothing they, they had to actually come up with a diet, a special diet, and then develop a special oil out of different foods to give to their son because his brain couldn't do that. So those things are good. Don't ever hear the word fatty acid and be like, I don't want that, right? We have to learn how do I get the good ones and where do I get them from? So fish, I hate fish. Uh, I hate fish and this is always why I tell people because I'm from the Midwest. I don't like lake fish. And then if someone says, you know, eat lobster or eat shrimp or eat salmon or something like that, I'm in the Midwest, if I eat that, it's not fresh fish. Um, people tell me that if you eat it from the coast, it's a totally different experience and I'm willing to try that. For me, a lot of my issues with fish is texture. I don't like the texture of fish. I don't like when you bite shrimp and it's kind of, I don't, I don't, it just doesn't do it for me. One time you cracked a crab leg in front of me and I think I screamed out loud in a, in a restaurant. Do you remember that? They were huge, king crab legs, no. Um, 
but I don't like fish, but I can still get omega-3 fatty acids because luckily they sell vitamins. They sell supplements and you could take a supplement of it to get it into your body. Legumes were mentioned. Uh, people might not know what legumes are, right? Legumes are uh, things like peanuts. Um, peanuts and beans are so good for people. And I think people really overlook them and their health quality. Um, but things like that are a good way to get to get some of those fatty acids if you're like me and you just can't do fish. So, sorry, I hate fish. Well, maybe we'll we'll get you to enjoy it a little bit more. We'll see. I don't know. I do my tuna fish once a year during Lent, and that's just because it's Lent. So, I feel the obligation. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. If anybody has a good fish recipe, post it so you can do me a favor here, because my poor children and husband don't get fish because I won't cook it, I won't smell it, I won't eat it. So if you got a fish recipe, send it our way. That's that's awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's uh, let's continue on here um, with uh, talking about the immune system because the immune system is also checking in on whether a food is okay or potentially harmful. And um, we actually get what's called inflammation. And that's triggered by uh, the immune system when we eat bad food. And inflammation is can be a good thing. And when we, uh, you know, we were designed uh, to have inflammation as a uh, a short, sharp dose, uh, because it 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 helps us to put our bodies in a in a state of heightened alert uh, to fend off anything foreign or unwanted that invades our systems. But the problem is that uh, you can get chronic inflammation. So if you have inflammation all the time, uh, you get chronic inflammation, which um, is at the heart of um, uh, many serious complaints, including insulin resistance, type two diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, or depression. And actually, uh, Jamie Davis uh, has commented, and she said, uh, Sam's Club, has a great seasoned salmon. You can throw it in the air fryer, which is amazing. So, all right, we're gonna try it. There you go. And Jamie, I think actually uh, works for Sam's Club or, or Walmart. So, you know, as uh, as counsel there. So, um, well, we'll definitely have to try that, Jamie. We appreciate that. Shout out to Sam's Club. Yeah, exactly. We we know a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, we know a few people that work at Sam's or, or Walmart, from Walmart yeah. through uh, the American Bar Association. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a, a, a great, um, a, 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 we know a lot of people there, it's great. Yeah. Uh, all right, so oh, let's go back to where we are here. Um, okay, so um, yeah, so we talked about chronic, chronic, chronic inflammation. I think we we ended there, um, and then you can also uh, get what's called uh, leaky gut uh, syndrome, where um, if you're in a stress state, it can actually damage the integrity of the barrier that sits between the gut and the rest of the body, allowing harmful substances to gain access to the bloodstream, and that can contribute to a number of different health problems, including depression. Uh, low mood and anxiety. Um, do we do we know anybody with uh, 
with the leaky gut syndrome? I don't. You know, I've heard the expression. I don't know that I've ever met anybody personally who's had it, but I, I know I've heard that expression before. Leaky gut. I yeah. Know I have. It sounds pretty bad. It sounds like like things from in your like gut get like the toxins get into your bloodstream. And right. That right. And like some of the bacteria, thing. which is, it's good. It, again, the systems of the body are very complicated, but when they, when they work there, it's like an amazing machine that the human body is, but the stuff that's in your gut is amazing in your gut and it works in your gut, but it's not supposed to be in other parts of your body clearly. And I think that's what this is getting at. Like you said, the bloodstream and things like that. Um, and then that's kind of a weird thought. Like, Oh, I don't want that bacteria that's in my stomach to be in my, in my bloodstream. Right. That's, yeah, that sounds terrible. No, not not at all. So uh, let's, uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, what we we face basically two choices, which is, um, are we giving, are we going to give our brain the information it needs to thrive, or are we going to make our brain think that it's under attack and cause the body to throw its defenses up? Those are really the the two choices uh, that we have. And so uh, we, there are studies that show, again, the link between food and mental well-being. Well um, in 2017, there was a study where it's called the SMILES trial, uh, where patients with severe depression were all, already un undergoing treatment um, uh, for, for depression. And they put those folks on a modified Mediterranean diet of oily fish colorful fruit, vegetables, and whole grain. They're your fish again. Yeah. Um, that Mediterranean diet, they it's they rave about it. It's just such a good um, mix of foods that really keeps you healthy. We we'll have to try it. Well, and apparently it's it also helps. And again, I think most of the time that we hear about it, it's because um, or it's due to, um, you know, the physical health, that it, it right. helps you – uh, uh, feel better physically. Right. Um, but what this uh, study showed was after 12 weeks of uh, Mediterranean diet, um, so the patients that had patients actually had a much greater reduction in depressive symptoms than the control group who did not change their diet, but instead were given social support. One third of the patients in the dietary support group uh, had actually met the criteria for remission of major depression compared to only 8% in the control group, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, Dr. Chadri goes through, you know, well, why is the Mediterranean diet good um, for our mental health? Again, it's that lack of highly processed foods, uh, the presence of whole foods such as colorful fruit and vegetables. They have a calming effect on the immune system. This reduces inflammation, which, again, is maybe the root cause of many cases of depression. Um, the foods reduce uh, your leaky gut. Um, right. You have oily fish, which is uh, rich in the omega-3 fats, which have a positive effect on our mood. And then uh, this diet contains a highly diverse set of foods. It has a positive effect on the gut microbiome, which will send beneficial messages to the brain. So let's go over, uh, so he gives us seven food-related tips to improve our gut health. So number one, diversify your diet by eating the alphabet over 30 days. Try something new from uh, the dining out menu. And for me, at least, 
Um, I'm guilty of having going to a restaurant eating the same thing every time. I think a lot of people are like that, though. You find something you like either at a restaurant or every restaurant. Um, I think I have a 16-year-old that orders a bacon cheeseburger no matter where he is. But I think we're all guilty of that. You know, you order something, you like it. Next time you go back, you order it again. Yeah. it's And then you do it at home, too. I mean, my favorite vegetable is broccoli, and it's like every time I go to the store, I buy broccoli. And everybody's like, oh, God, broccoli again. But, you know, you find out what you like, and you stick with it. We're not very good at usually diversifying. I agree. Yeah, and we're going to talk about – you know, he talks about eating, eating the alphabet. I have a. I'm very excited. Yeah, I have the. Um, he gives a, uh, the alphabet and it basically gives you an, a food that you can try uh, for each of that. And we're, we'll go through that, not one by one, but um, hopefully I have a, a PDF that will uh, show up uh, for, for y'all. Um, yeah. So uh, the number one, uh, so that was number one. The number two tip is to look for new foods to buy at the supermarket. So again, you know, Stop I think broccoli. exactly. Stop buying broccoli. Buy something new. For gosh sake! I bought Brussels sprouts. Nobody ate them but you and me. Well, there's lots of other things apparently. Like yeah, I eggplant. like green vegetables. I will admit, I'm very, very drawn to green vegetables. There's eggplants. Yeah, I, and, I never buy eggplant. You're right. Uh, 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 what uh, Jerusalem artichokes? And Dave, there's these wonderful things called mushrooms. Oh, well, you got to do it. If I got to eat fish, you got to eat mushrooms. Okay. Right. Okay. We'll see how that goes. I'll mix them together. Uh, Jamie, do you have any mushroom recipes? Because mushrooms are amazing. Portobello burgers. You use the portobello mushroom as the hamburger. Incredible. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> right. Dave's like, save me. So here's here's number three, which is. Uh, Give yourself a 12-hour window every day without food. So this is essentially, uh, I think it, it, it does two things for you. It will limit your nighttime eating. So if you, um, you know, if you have dinner at seven, let's say you eat dinner at eight o'clock, that is going to be your your stopping point. Whatever your stopping point is, that's going to be it for the night. And then 12 hours from then. Um, you're not gonna um, eat again. So eight to eight, um, twelve to twelve, whatever it is. But I think that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. I, I think a lot of people like to eat late at night. I mean, they they after they've had dinner and then they've done work with other work, or whatever, and they settle on the couch. I mean, you and I are both guilty of it. Yeah, Jamie says my window is when I sleep. LOL, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need to do instead of eating. Just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. That then maybe that's I don't I don't sleep enough either. I think that's probably no. true for most of us. Um, yeah, so that's that's a that's another thing that he w would like us to try. And then limiting snacks between meals because our gut bugs so thrive when they get a break from food. Imagine that when we're not constantly eating, um, it gives our our the bacteria in our stomachs a uh, you know, kind of a a break from doing what they do and they thrive. I'm not sure what the science is behind that. Well, it's but. kind of weird, but I was reading about this. One of the things they do is they sort of like wash the inside of your stomach. It sounds kind of weird, but the, the bacteria eat and they eat around like the stuff in your, they kind of clean out your stomach for you, right? They get everything out of there and make it nice and clean and hospitable for your next meal. And it's interesting that he brought up this thing about not snacking because I'm in the middle of reading another book. Um, 
it's by a doctor. He's actually a uh, kidney doctor, he specializes in type 2 diabetes. He was trying to treat his patients with uh, for their type 2 diabetes, but doing more than just putting them on things like insulin. And he's looking at diet in this book. And so he um, talked about part of his, and I haven't gotten to the whole book yet, so I haven't gotten to like the plan, but I've gotten his overview of it. He talks about fasting, although his thing is like you fast for a day. Um, but he also talks about, um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. He also talks about uh, the, the um, what did you say before fasting? What was your other tip? Uh, it was 12 hour window. Buying new foods at the supermarket. I don't know. But he talks about, diet, my yeah. point is, and I don't know why I lost my train of thought, but my point is he talks about some of the same kind of things that um, the book that we just read talks about, where he, he's talking about having those breaks between your eating um, and, uh, you know, the, the kind of things that you, you eat uh, to help with your gut health. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then the next tip is to skip a meal now and again. So he doesn't really give yeah. a lot of detail on that. But again, I think there's, and I've heard, you know, I, I, I follow like Tim Ferriss and he's a big proponent of, of skipping meals and, you know, fasting and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's becoming um, more common because for the longest time we've heard five times a day, eat five small meals or, you know, um, eat three meals plus two snacks. And now I'm seeing more and more things that are saying, you don't have to eat that much. You don't have to eat that often. So that's, um, I don't know, maybe something to try. I don't know that I have that kind of self-discipline right now to like fast, but I think it's something to look into. If more than one source is saying it, there must, you know, it makes you think there must be some credence to it. Yeah. The next tip is to eat fermented foods uh, such as kimchi, sauerkraut, sauerkraut. or is it kefir? Kefir? Yeah, kefir. kefir. Yeah, kefir. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what, what, uh, kefir is sauerkraut. I'm uh, very familiar with. Well versed. Well versed. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, well, I mean, I'm German. You're Polish. I mean, yeah. we, we do sauerkraut. It's a thing. And apparently, they it introduces beneficial bacteria into the body and improves gut health. Yeah, I'm here for fermented food. That's fine. Yes, and uh, and then seven, which I don't know, is avoiding artificial sweeteners. That's a tough oh, one. this is so hard because once we and I think this is something we both struggle with, like. I love sugar. I love sweet stuff. I think most people do. I think that's another thing that we've introduced into our diet. That's not something we needed as humans back in the evolutionary chain. And now our bodies are like, but that's good. I want it. So I think the issue there is like, I used to drink way too much soda. So then I went on to, okay, well, Dave drinks diet soda. I'll try diet. I'll drink diet or I, li I like Coke Zero a lot. But it's not that you're necessarily getting rid of the sugar. You're getting rid of the sugar, and then you're replacing it with um, an artificial sweetener. And yes, everybody thinks, right, zero calories, no sugar. But instead, you're putting artificial means made in a lab, not found in nature, not real, fake, processed. And when you put that in your body, your body's going, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to treat that. I'll store it, or I'll do this with it. And it's in everything. And we were, you and I were talking about this the other day. Well, what are we going to drink if we get rid of artificial sweeteners? Because we put artificial sweetener in our coffee and our hot teas. And I like to buy the Crystal Light drink mix. Sorry, Crystal Light. And all of that stuff is artificial sweetener. So it's like, what do you drink? Well, you know, this is, so I don't know if you're aware of what we do on the show. I know you've, you've followed it on and off, but we, 
we do we kind of take a Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you do know Tim Ferriss. Have you heard of him? I he do not. He, he's he's a man who experiments. Oh, I so, like it. So we're going to experiment in this for Let's the next week and see how Let's it goes. It. Um, but before we do that, let me get to the the rest of the of the. Yeah, tips. this was a good list. This was a good list. Um, this is the the non food tips, right? Which um, are you know number one. So it, this is a fascinating discussion to be. This one was my favorite because. This is an interesting discussion to be having now because yeah. of you know what's going on in the world. So he talk he says, so number one is um, only taking antibiotics when absolutely necessary that they annihilate the gut bugs. Yes. Let me tell you, I am a huge anti-antibiotics person. When I go to a doctor, which I try not to go unless I know I have something that can't, my body's immune system can't work out on its own. I always tell the doctor, I really don't want to take antibiotics if I don't have to. A lot of people, and this is something we're getting better at, but if you look back 15, 20, 25 years ago, you go to a doctor's office with anything, a cough, a cold, a sneeze, whatever. Okay, antibiotic, antibiotic. That is why the problem with that is if everybody takes antibiotics or if a person takes them too much, you become resistant to them. Your body builds up an immunity to antibiotics and they become useless. So me personally, I never wanted to take antibiotics because I don't want myself to become resistant and I don't want this idea of resistance to happen because then when we do need antibiotics for something, they're not effective. And then we have to create new antibiotics. The other reason I don't like antibiotics is exactly what he says in the book. Antibiotics do not know exactly what germ in you the doctor wants them to kill. Antibiotics will get rid of everything. They get rid of good bacteria and bad bacteria. So when you're on the antibiotic, you are more susceptible to a lot of things. You Some people will go on antibiotics and they'll have like um, issues, bowel issues. Well, why? I'm taking something to address a head cold because the bacteria is now off kilter in your body because the antibiotic is doing what you told it to do, which is kill all the, the bacteria. So I'm very, like, I understand they have a place and a time. And when a doctor says to me, you absolutely have to have an antibiotic, I will take it and I will take it correctly. But I always say, if it can be avoided, what else can I do? And usually my, and my doctor knows me pretty well now because I've been doing him for a while. But usually when I tell a doctor that, they're like, oh my God, why aren't there more patients like you? Why does everybody come in seeking antibiotics? Because too many people have been for so long saying antibiotics will kill all the germs. You're fine. You know, your body can fight off a lot of germs. Let your body do it. Avoid antibiotics if you can. Take them when you absolutely need to take them. Then the, that's it. The counterpoint to that is uh, people like me who go to the doctor and want to feel better like instantaneously. And so... <laughs> And so, uh, you know, because I would have fine if you were taking your wife's advice and used eye drops, but I'm just saying. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm my allergies <laughs> are actually feeling better. Um, but yeah, no, like <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, you go to the doctor and you're like, well, I want to feel better from whatever it is, and so they want they like they're angry if the doctor doesn't, you know, give give them something. I'm actually one of those people. So, but but this is we're all learning together. I, I just got a comment, Dave. I got a comment. I'm doing a watch party on Facebook and I got a comment from Frank that says plant-based sugars such as whole earth is a non-artificial option for artificial sweeteners. I've never heard of whole earth. We'll have to find out, do some research on that. Is that have you heard of whole earth? Is that Frank, your dad, or is that? Yeah, that's Frank, my dad. Oh, Frank's okay. Friend. No, 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 no. That's okay. I was just, I wanted to say, I didn't know if it was a different Frank. I didn't know if we knew any other Franks. What was it called? It's called whole 
whole earth. It's a plant-based sugar. We'll That's what he says. It's not artificial. Yeah. We'll have to check I'm it out. I'm asking him where I can find it. Cool. Yeah, no, we'll check it out. Maybe, awesome. we, maybe we can get that at Sam's Club when we're getting the, yeah. the salmon. Salmon. And the air fryer, because we don't have one. So we'll pick that up. Really well, too. that's true, too. And you, you know they'll have an air fryer right next to the tires. <laughs> next to the tires? What's the lab? Yeah, because you can get tires there. You can get everything at Sam's Club. Okay. All right. Um, All right yeah, so, so the antibiotics. Go back to the antibiotics. Yes, continuing on. So uh, the second non-food tip is to avoid non-essential medications, which I think kind of goes along uh, with the same thing. Um, the uh, number three is lower your stress, which, you know, that's what we're trying to do with. What's that? It's so funny. Like, just lower your stress. Okay, just do it. <laughs> but we're we're trying to figure out how to how do we lower our stress, right? Yeah, no, no, no. And that's, that's what we're doing, you know, reading this book and, um, you know, through this uh, video cast. Um, the next one is get adequate sleep, which is hard for a lot of people, but hopefully, you know, with, uh, with COVID, with, uh, you know, being, not having longer commutes, I've seen that I've certainly been sleeping uh, more than usual, although I do get up early at times, uh, but sleep doesn't, doesn't seem to be as, as hard. But when we, as we go into uh, normality um, or, you know, the new normal, if you will, um, you know, we'll have to, we have to make sure and watch that. Yeah. And then here, here's the one that, this is the one that made me almost laugh because um, so he talked, he says the, the fifth tip is don't try to be too clean. So I love this one he's too. concerned with antibacterial sprays and he says hand washing in particular, which of course is ironic because right um, what, we're, what we're having now is, um, you know, everyone is telling us to wash. And, um, and I, was, I was telling you this before, um, you know, not on the air, so to speak, uh, but, you know, like, you know, we're big Disney fans and, and you know, we've been to Universal Parks and, um, and wherever we go and, you know, they, videos that we've seen, they basically are, are giving you um, you know, the hand pumps, the antibacterial, wh what is the right. word I'm, I'm, I'm missing? Um, sanitizer, the sanitizer. Yeah. The san hand the sanitization, sanitizer. um, every time yeah. you get on a ride. And so, you know, at some point, does that, does that stop the effectiveness of the sanitization? Yeah, I don't that I don't know. That's a really good question. But I did like that point too about like this obsession with overcleanliness. And I think it was the other book I was reading because like I'm reading two books at once about similar stuff. But they were talking about allergies. Does does this guy talk about allergies or was it the other book? I mean, not was, no, not yet. No. Okay, so there was the other book. He was talking about an increase in allergies could be due to the fact that we don't expose ourselves and we don't expose our children to the same things that we used to. Like we don't let kids get dirty or get into dirt without like quickly washing them off. Right. And so because they aren't exposed to the stuff, then um, there's sort of this like lack of an immunity build up to it. Uh, but he had the, the other man I'm reading, his name is Dr. Jason Fung, F U N G. And he is saying very similar things about, um, uh, this idea of over sanitization, like we clean ourselves. So not that we should be gross. I mean, hygiene is important, right? But that we 
over, there's an over cleanliness that, um, again, just like I talked about antibacterial, that we sometimes kill off good things that we need in this um move in this push to make ourselves as clean as possible. And it's something you never think about. Like you don't really think about, oh, you're too clean or, you know, you're using hand sanitizer too much or, you know, and especially now because of what's going on, we've been being pushed to tell people to be cleaner and to be cleaner. But doctors are saying that we are overdoing it with it. It's, it's, a, it's interesting. And I, and I really found it interesting that you talked about things like, you know, allergies and other things that um, didn't exist before we became so obsessed with cleanliness. And I also think it's the level, like the, the, the strength of the cleanliness that we're using. You know, when we were kids, I mean, I don't know about you, I used the Baradile soap. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, of diversity in what you used to clean. Now you have people that use cleansers for their face and several different things for this and that. And it's in, you know, constantly in all these new chemicals and does it have, have an effect on us? I mean, don't stop washing your hands, obviously, but it was something to think about. Yeah, no, it was fascinating, especially during. Yeah. during, <laughs> during the right now. Please keep washing your hands. Yes, yeah. So yes, uh, do your social distancing and, and wash your hands, yeah. uh, please. Um, and then number six, don't overexercise. That obviously doesn't apply to Never me, apply to but um, um, it, it does happen. Number seven, uh, speak to your doctor about whether you could benefit from a probiotic supplement. Yes, probiotics produces or introduces the good bacteria into the gut. Oh, I got another fish recipe: almond crusted Parmesan salmon with asparagus. All right, looks like we're going. Looks like we're going salmon. Okay. All right. Probiotics, right? So, um, that was like a big thing that started a couple years ago, and it was just easy. You just buy probiotics, and like, you know, your doctor would say, "Go get a probiotic," and you'd buy a pill form or something over the. uh, you know, over the counter at the pharmacy. But the book I was reading about probiotics was mentioned as well. And they said, don't just get any probiotics. Like you need to talk. And, and his, this guy said the same thing. Talk to your doctor because there are different kinds of probiotics out there. There are different levels of like what's actually good quality, what's not. I, I think probiotics are a really smart idea. They And there are natural probiotics. I mean, for instance, yogurt. I, I hate yogurt. I think it's disgusting. But uh, for people that like yogurt, it's a natural probiotic. I know all the things that are good for me, I don't eat. It tells you a lot. But um, probiotics come in, in food. So look for that too, because obviously natural probiotics are good for you. But if you need supplements or if you're having additional problems with your stomach, you can definitely talk to your doctor and they can give you a recommendation for a probiotic. And I think be wary of just walking into the store and being like, I'm just going to buy the first probiotic I see. And I think talk to your doctor about it. I, I think that's a really smart thing to do. It's something I've been thinking about possibly doing is trying to get on more of a regular probiotic well, situation. This is part of the, part of the experimentation. Right. Part of my experiment. I'm gonna we're, go the guinea, we're the guinea pigs for our, our, our watchers. That's, it's all good. It's all um, good. Okay. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to share. Oh, now it's not going to let me share my screen. Oh. Um, it's not going to let me show the the eating. Oh, it's a shame. And I'm not sure why, but technology. Um, but the, the next uh, part of this is to um, talk about the uh, eating your, eating the alphabet. And that is actually this, is this my week's, favorite part of the whole thing. This is uh, this week's action item. So, um, I just, I'll just go through, you know, some of these, um, 
some of these things and and maybe I can post it um, in the Lawyers Emotional Intelligence uh, Facebook uh, page. Uh, but things such as so A is you know asparagus and apples. B is uh, bananas, berries, uh, bok choy, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, beetroot, black beans, uh, Brazil nuts. I'm not familiar with a Brazil nut. Yeah, it's kind of nut. Yeah, it's a kind of nut. Yeah. Uh, C is cocoa. Chickpeas, cabbage. Cocoa does not mean hot cocoa, people. <laughs> it's not, I saw that. I was like, oh, cocoa. We'll just drink some hot cocoa. We'll be fine. No. That's like cocoa powder? <laughs> I think they mean maybe cocoa beans. Or I don't know if you've ever had like cocoa powder. Yeah, like cocoa powder that you like bake with. It's not sweetened. You you can put it in recipes. Like I think we've it in chili before, actually. Okay. So. Well, we have to remember. Cocoa powder. But Dr. Chaudhry is from the UK, and they may do things a little bit yeah. differently than we do in the States. Um, D is dandelion greens and dill. E is eggplant, F, uh, uh, fennel, fava, or fava beans. Uh, G, ginger, garlic, garden peas. You get the point. And again, I'll, I'm not going to belabor all of this, but um, I'll post the list um, in the uh, Lawyer's Emotional Intelligence um, uh, on the page um, for all of you uh, to look at. And, uh, but yeah, so what we're going to try to do over the next 30 days is to put all of these, um, is to eat from the alphabet. Over the next seven days, uh, my wife and I, uh, Ms. Mm -hmm. Catherine, we're going to um, attempt to eat as many of these as we can over the next seven days. So I'm so excited. We're going to have to go, uh, we'll have to go shopping. Um, after after the uh, the show tonight. Mm -hmm. um, just so you know, too, Dr. Chatterley has a webpage, and on it he has a downloadable chart with all the alphabetical foods. Well, perfect. We I will post a link after yeah. the show uh, tonight. Super easy to find. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's it. I think for. Um, uh, what we're going to talk about for uh, this week. W was there any other sort of discussion from uh, from you or from any of our, our commenters? I'm looking. I didn't get anything additional. I got, like I said, I got the two recipes, which is great. Yeah. Well, we can post recipes too if, uh, yeah. if necessary. So great. All right. So uh, next week we're going to be talking about um, how to make exercise work for you, um, along with uh, my lovely wife, if you will return. Um, we have another guest host, uh, Lakeisha Randall, who is the founding partner of the Randall Law Firm in Atlanta. She's a former in-house trial lawyer, also has served on the ABA's Commission on Lawyers Assistance Programs, um, a great group. Yeah. And so she'll be joining us to talk about um, how we can make exercise work for us. And thank you very much. Uh, thank you, uh, Kathy, for uh, joining me, to, for being the um, inaugural guest on the Lawyer's Emotional Intelligence. Yeah, program. it was fun. Excellent. Good time. So uh, as of always- Of course it was about food, so you knew I was gonna be there. Yes. <laughs> all right, so just remember, uh, emotional intelligence is necessary for all lawyers and we can learn these skills together. So thank you very much for uh, joining us and have a great night.